0: Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, Laugh Box. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor.
1: Laugh Box is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com.
0: Join us for episode 107 Jim Bob Williams, KDB, and special guest Lynn Perot of the Laughter
1: Business Academy. Welcome to Laugh Box, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Bob Williams. And I'm KDB, the other one. And our special guest today is Dr. Lynn Perot. Hello. Dr. Lynn is founder of the Laughter Business Academy. So, what we'd like to do, we're going to start today with a classic improv game called Story Spine. And we'll use Story Spine so that we can get the history history of the Laughter Business Academy. So, once upon a time, there was a PhD psychologist in Canada, and every day
2: she was looking for work <laughs> and she was unable to find any work in the town where she was. She was planning, I was planning on doing just some regular consulting, PhD type consulting in the regular world. I had this social psychology background, community health, but then also I had the fun stuff. So I've been a performer since I was in high school for singing, for improv, and it is actually part of the French Canadian culture for us to be doing improv comedy. From a very young age, we start doing competitive improv comedy in high school. And with all of that background, I thought to combat the stress of being unemployed after graduating and looking so forward to getting paid big money with a PhD, I thought I will just create my own thing where I get to bring back my past, integrate it into my present, and hopefully create a super awesome future. Therefore, Laughter Business Academy came to be, it was called something else at the time and it ended up getting renamed a couple of years ago because it just made more sense and that's what it was. So at first, what it started out being was me going out and bringing in laughter and improv into organizations with, I didn't even know that applied therapeutic humor was a thing at that time. Me being, you know, in Canada and the <laughs> Applied Therapeutic Humor Association being in the States, I wasn't familiar yet with, with it, but I did very soon become familiar with it because of the nature of my work and I started Google searching and then it popped up and then I started to communicate and it was very exciting so I'm doing this work I have staff working for me to go and do my sessions because I ended up meeting someone became married had a child so I was eight months pregnant and I was still doing laughter yoga certifications as a teacher so I'd been doing many throughout my pregnancy so you're probably wondering what has happened to this kid he likes to play pranks a lot of pranks and oh. so the, yes the future C-D-D. of this child he's 11 years old now and I will wake up sometimes at 2:30 in the morning with the little kitchen timer going and I cannot find it for the life of me it's somewhere in my bed under my bed under my pillows I don't know. So of course I have to reciprocate and get him back, right? So tying the shoelaces together of his shoes. So he goes to put them on. He's like, what the heck? We're in a rush. We have to get to school. My shoes are tied. And I'm like, oh, anyways, we gotta keep things exciting at home. What happened while I was sharing my workload, you know, way back in the day when I was super pregnant, <laughs> and then had this tiny little thing with me at all times and I had to feed it all the time as this cute little creature of a Boy, I would bring him to my sessions, and it, it, I started to get a lot of questions from my colleagues around the world, like, like from my laughter yoga colleagues, from my improv colleagues. They're saying, "Lynn, I need business advice. How are you making this work? Why are you like? Why are you getting gigs? (laughs) And why are your? Why are you actually getting paid a consultant's wage as opposed to kind of more of an entertainer or?" With a lot of, unfortunately, with a lot of laughter and humor, people get paid, which is like, they're offered 50 bucks a session, $100 a session. It's only a one-time gig. Like they don't get asked to come back. There's no callbacks. So I started to do a little bit of business coaching. And this was in 2012 when I started to get those questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So what I do is I would add to my laughter yoga trainings. I would add an extra day of business coaching. Here's how you're going to use this now and make money as a consultant or as a trainer. Like officially you're not an entertainer because I can't stand when we're being treated like simple entertainers. Like go hire the local clown. Like I'm not it. And it turned into more than one day of training. It actually turned into like where I had to then extend it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And my focus ended up Shifting from me going out to do corporate gigs exclusively to me rather doing business coaching and training my colleagues of laughter, humor, applied improv, how to make a business out of this, like how to make a consulting agency or a training agency out of their work, how to land $10,000 contracts, for example, and you don't need (laughs) teaching them how to not need big giant proposals if they don't want to, keeping it as simple as possible, and this is where we are at presently. <laughs> this is exactly, I have taken you to my exact present here.
1: All right. Wow. Okay. Okay, full disclosure, I have taken one of your seminars, okay, and I found it to be amazing, okay, because, thank you, okay. because it really does answer some of the nitty-gritty questions about you know, how to do business. We, and I think maybe that and it may have been Billy Joel who first said this and said that, you know, that entertaining is great, but entertainers can be real knuckleheads when it comes to the business side of the you know, thing. Cause you, you get into the, you know, you get into the field because you like to make people happy. And it's tough to, you know, sometimes it's tough to say no to a client. Sometimes it's tough to, you know, especially. If well, you're client- so
2: gifted. You're just you're like, I find that the people that I talk with, Jim Bob, and you included, I haven't had the pleasure of getting to know Katie yet, but I will, but you're so gifted. You're so gifted. And the thing is when you're really, really gifted in a specific area, how in the world are you supposed to also understand all the bits and pieces of business? You're not, you're not supposed to, and your head should not be there. Your head should be in doing exactly what you're gifted in and bringing that out into the world the only reason I knew about business stuff is because I'd gone to school for so freaky long <laughs> I just happened to have that knowledge and started teaching as much as I could other people and I have been criticized for doing that I've been criticized for talking numbers for example for talking about fees because yeah like 10 years ago
1: the I listeners see this, can't see the surprise on my face now because I'm thinking, "Gee, if you're going to take a business course, maybe fees are something you should be talking about." But okay. Jim I'm Bob sorry.
2: had an epic surprise face on there <laughs> so, because because no one, those who were successful doing laughter and and humor, were offended that I would share a secret, which is the fees, and I'm thinking, "What are you? No, we cannot have this culture in our field, because." Even 10 years ago, there was an epidemic of depression and anxiety, and now it is exponentially worse. And there is enough work for everyone, even if every human on this planet did what we did and was gifted at it, there would still not be enough people to fill in all the gaps for getting paid a living wage to bring, you know, to to bring laughter and humor therapeutically to people.
1: Yeah, we're not a trade association, so we don't have to. You know, worry about you know violating anti antitrust laws by discussing how much we charge for gigs, right?
2: Right. Yeah, it was just a really sick culture that I did not appreciate and I did not align with that. And the only way that we can have real discussions and move things forward is is by disclosing how much we're getting paid, how much are we charging, and what we all noticed by openly talking about this is that we were severely undercharging, because when when I open, I'm like, let's crunch some numbers. It's one of my favorite <laughs> sentences, and everyone cringes when I say it. Let's crunch some numbers, and we just look at what our living costs are, and what we get paid. How feasible is it for us to be doing live sessions to be able to get a living wage, but also even better because we deserve to be taking care of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves more than anyone else. We are our business. And if we're not doing well, if we are not financially secure, if we cannot feed or shelter ourselves and our family and take care of our family, then what good are we to the world? We're no good because then you end up hiding yourself in isolation, either in shame or because you genuinely are imprisoned by deep poverty and i find that insulting and unacceptable for the nature of our work and the results and the impacts that we get and what's really important is that we simply say no to one-time gigs that pay very little and so i spend a lot of time doing no training so i'll give a scenario for example maybe we could practice now hey I, i'd like to hire you for a 30-minute session we have 50 dollars in the budget how about you how about you come out and do this what's your answer no, no. <laughs> and you can sound like a cow it is all good <laughs> no. the louder the better you know hey Hey mama, I'm going to hire you. I've got a great budget. I've got an awesome budget. I would love for you to come in for a half day and create this whole transformation. Oh, really? You, you have a great budget for this? Oh, do tell. Well, it's $150 and we just want you to laugh with our people for a half day. We just want them to feel good for a half day. Hey, so what's your answer? No, no, <laughs> no. Do you know what in the market people are charging for a half day, like trainers who are actually creating results, trainers, consultants? We're talking about anywhere from $500 to $2,500 to go in and make that kind of change. Now, you might be thinking, oh, but I don't do corporate. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Even outside of corporate when you have a group of professionals coming together in a leadership capacity and they want you to come in, obviously there's, there's not necessarily a problem, but there's a skill there to be learned, or there's some professional development to be had. And that's still what the going rate is. So, so anyone who wants to hire you for less than that, or for, for just like an entertainment type purpose, then I would encourage you to feel the responsibility and the depth of that responsibility on behalf of all your colleagues around the world and to not be afraid to say no. And how I would pitch it back, it's not even just ending with like the moo, no, like it, it, it is to come back at them with options. So it's the, it's the-
1: mm, Oh, so instead of yes and it's no and.
2: It's no, okay. no. Yeah this is, but then just, you just tell them what you do. Like, so, so, well, here's what I can do. So I don't even sit, I don't even acknowledge what they just pitched me, like what they just offered me. I don't even acknowledge it. So I'll come back at them with a couple of options, which is, Hey, so I, what I do is I work with people on these and these and these challenges or on solving these and these and these problems or on creating these and these and these skills or lifting these skills, or I, Sometimes it's character strengths that maybe you're working on, right? You go in there and you're building courage because your people do have some performance anxiety. If They're doing a little bit of improv and they're having to be vulnerable, even if you're going in and having them laugh and doing humor stuff. So that is character strength building. That is something legit in the training and consulting world, bringing positive emotions, building character strengths, reducing stress. And none of it has to do with entertainment. None of it has to do with laughter or humor. You could honestly be having them picking their butts and scratching their noses as long as they emerge and come out of there with a boosted skill set, something that they can take away and use later on, then you are officially in the training consulting world. And that's what you really should be getting paid. So what I would come back at them with is, um, I work with people who want to, because they'll have given you some context. So I just need to know some of the context. And just so you know, your budget's not going to work for me. (laughs) It's not going to work for me. When you're ready, because just because someone isn't ready for you right now, doesn't mean they won't be ready for you down the line. So it's still worth giving them a, a, you know, a two or three option pitch. So when you are ready, I am absolutely here for you. I can come in and do an hour of whatever, de-stressing, something like that. But the fact that you would leave something behind, like if you can leave behind some sort of de-stress pack or leaving leaving behind some sort of resource materials or games or something that they could integrate into the, their day-to-day activities so that it becomes a habit. Because we all know that humor is actually a habit to be, it is a practice to be continued. A laughter, like laughter yoga, also improv, and keeping those skills sharp—that is a practice as well. So anything that could help them improve their practice now, you're, you're, they have a takeaway, right? They literally have something physical or digital to take away that they can now use on their own. If you show them how to use it on their own as part of your training moment with them, well, that is great. And then they will also, here's the business trick, and it's not manipulative at all because it's a true application. It's that they'll always remember you when they use this exercise. And especially if you strategically have your contact information on anything that you create and leave behind, that is very important. Okay,
1: okay so, okay, there a lot, lots lot, to, I'm looking at all the pencils I have that are, and pens from, that people left behind it's, yeah, that's, uh, that's advertising. Mm-hmm. That's come, uh, and I've come back and used those pens occasionally. Right.
2: But it's not gross. Like it's, it's the kind of advertising and marketing that, you know, that doesn't feel all icky. It's not one yeah. of those, like, I just encourage you to not do, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, one night stands, like, or yeah. one day stands <laughs> and yeah. then staying in touch with them as well. Hey, something else genuinely from the heart out of positive intention to encourage the continued practice of humor and well-being within their personal lives. Can you
0: repeat that? Because we just had a big I froze and I'm recording. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Can yeah. you repeat that last set idea? Yes.
1: We're, talk, we're talking about advertising and, and the fact that when you are making that pitch or 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 interacting with the client there you're not looking at just a one-night one, one night stand. You're looking at establishing a relationship. You're looking at, you know, well, actually well, applying the improv skill of listening mm-hmm. so that you know what their problems are so that you can make your next pitch even stronger. So go ahead.
2: Yes, exactly. Now, if so, what, by keeping up with them and saying, hey, how how is this going? Like, since we last saw each other, how is your team doing? Or how is, how are you going? Like, how is, how is the the materials or the resources that I left behind? How are they being used or are they useful? Try to get as much feedback as you can because that really can help your next pitch with them. They may not answer, that's fine because everyone's super, super busy. But the point is for you to stay still in touch So not just to leave them behind like a one night stand, but to nurture that relationship, just because someone isn't buying right now, or has bought, and isn't currently continuously buying from you does not mean that the relationship is done. It is not. It is not. It literally is like nurturing a romantic relationship. Just because they didn't feel like kissing back in that moment does not mean your relationship is over. It just means that they had to go use the washroom or they have a bunch of people like calling at them like, hey, hey, boss. Hey, boss. Like, I need this. I need that. You know, it's it really mimics. It mimics <laughs> normal life.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm struck listening to this uh, you know, in engineering consulting. So you know, engineers and left yoga seem like opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're they're really not. Okay, because in an in, for an engineering consultant to come in, the the, mo- the more effective ones have a long term relationship with their client. They're in regular contact, you know, even when they're not actively selling or whatnot. They're touching base, going to the bar, whatever, so they can understand it because they're the goal. Yeah, and. You have to have that, I mean, to be able to, if, when you have, I should say, rewind the tape, delete that. Okay. When you have that connectivity with it and you're involved with them, it's so much easier to go in and solve the real problem that they have rather than the problem that they think they have.
2: Start with rapport, rapport yeah. first rapport first, right, Jim Bob? Like, that's really what you're saying, rapport first, and keeping that rapport, and and building on it, and maintaining it as best you can, understanding that, like, life things get in the way, but nevertheless, it's just, it's just basic professionalism that we don't think of when we think humor and laughter, because we're just like, what? We're, but we're not an engineering firm, but but you are a humor firm. Like you are a humor firm. Like you are a humor business. You are a humor consultant. You, you have a consultancy. You are, you are a consulting base, even if it's just you. And of course, encouraging ways of building your network and increasing your network doesn't have to be done through ads either, because I find that ads don't, work for reaching out because they need that personal touch they need to know it's you like Katie if anyone was to hire you on a level on a financial level that is like a a consultant or a trainer they want to know who you are like they want to trust you first they want to make sure that you're not going to embarrass them or make them do things that are inappropriate for their team because you know what you get to leave at the end of the day and maybe come back some other time or come back over a series of months but they are facing each other every single day all Mm. the time Yeah. yeah and when you're changing dynamics it's kind of like therapy so it's kind of like therapy with a family family therapy when you are having only one member of that family going in for some healing and some trauma work and some de-stressing and all of that heavy stuff, the, other, the rest of the unit of that family is still the same. And this is often what's happening when we're going out there and doing our work, is that it's not the entire dynamic of the team, it's not the entire network that's going in for a boost it's only a handful of people or just part of the people so maybe they have this great new way of seeing the world but they're still going back into this other dynamic that has not changed and that's why it's so important to have something to follow up the ideal would be you know what if you if you hire me just a heads up I do stick around for three months and I expect you know I expect us to have four sessions together at any point, we're, we'll we'll schedule it out. But we I need we need four sessions in order to really execute this plan. In order to, to actually achieve some change or create some long lasting change, because everyone on in the moment will obviously note <laughs> that some changes happened. They got eyes and ears and and a sense of touch and the, a feeling for the energy in the room. They know things are going well, but. Once they leave that room with you, though, things are maybe not going so well. So, the more touch times, like touch bases, you can have with them, touch points is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the better, <laughs> the better it is. And it's a way of, inc- of also increasing your fee. Like, it kind of makes more sense to humans when to for you to increase your fee when you're giving them more than just one live moment. When you are leaving behind certain things or you're, well in the technical world we would call it a drip where you just be like okay so every week I'm going to give you a literal little exercise that I want you to integrate into your into your next boring meeting and again I'm not talking about a corporate gig necessarily I'm just talking about workers who have meetings because you know homeless people who are homeless or severely poor still deserve to to have humor and Mm -hmm. and levity brought to them but they're unable to pay your bills so the more you can get paid with people who are employed you know gainfully employed then the more you can go off and assist your social causes and support your own social causes and economic causes that you care a lot about even if it's your grandma who's yours, your economic cause and it's to help take care of her so she can just finally lift her feet up and relax for the first time in her life.
1: Okay, so what are some of the social causes you're involved
2: in? My main cause is lifting the economy for humor and laughter professionals and that is literally what laughter business academy is about it is a social enterprise so it's not a capitalist enterprise (laughs) it is a social (laughs) enterprise so there's a lot of profit sharing going on for instance if so I will create some materials some card sets some games and other humor professionals can also purchase those and use them as they you know as they see fit and if they were if anyone was to then share that information with someone else like if jim bob was to talk to katie one day and be like oh my gosh katie laughter business academy has this thing once you go to that website jim bob would use his own link to that page his own link so that katie buys it from him and then that way he's getting half of the price amount and so if katie was to subscribe to that every month because she wants to receive a new thing every month because she does not have time to be creating all her new things all the time, mm-hmm. then Jim Bob would be getting half of that every single month. So there, there's building passive income. So I'm trying to find uh, my backgrounds in psychology, business psychology, social psychology. So I'm trying to think, how can I Pavlog dog train all y'all to make more business money in an ethical way? That also supports the mission of Laughter Business Academy, which is to lift the economy. And so I came up with that scenario. In other businesses, they would call it affiliate. I call it ambassador or passive income. So it's a way for you to boost so that you can then work less live one-to-one because no one needs a burnt out humorist. Give me a break.
0: The market rate, as you know, for entertainers is hasn't changed in 20 years. Nope,
2: it has not. So, yeah, so you're identifying as an entertainer, identifying as a performing artist, living as a performing artist. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's super common among all of, that's how I saw myself at some point until I became a single mom. And I'm just like, don't, oh, this isn't gonna work. And I had to find ways of of making it work. Yeah. So for, for you, it's not that you need corporate gigs. It's that- So, for instance, the first thing I would do is, uh, absolutely, I've got seminars up the wazoo, but I would want to have a a private chat with you. Like I'd want to literally have a chat with you to get down to what are the actual transformations that you're focusing on? What are people getting from your specific work? Because it'll be something different than what people would get from me or from Jim Bob or from anyone else. And then we would create a signature program and by signature program I don't mean like literally I just mean what are the key things the key themes that you do address and then how to present those beyond simple live moments with you. And so it might look like I work with people who are like humorous and laughter people who are also dentists, who are nurses, Mm -hmm. who are music therapists, who are many, many things, right? Engineers, like you bring it on, name it. The method that you use, whether it is psychologizing or engineering or detectiving or dentisting or nursing, (laughs) it's all the same thing. Like all of it is the same thing. So what are the main themes? It's just that you, so you would just be working with different groups of people because they happen to be part of your close networks. Who are you immediately connected to? And who would be, you can call it a, a, like a low lying fruit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to, ugh, I hate that though. Cause it sounds like you're being all like grabby. So, right, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're not being grabby. So we would just start there. And so I would just give you a whole list of themes of, Really, what do people in our industry, in the laughter, humor, improv industry, what do we do for people? And it's like all outcomes and impacts that we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and there's like a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And we just figure out where do you sit? So, which are the ones that you're like, yes, like where it really is a loud, resonating yes? And then we just build something around those. So now, to teach that or to, to, to build that skill, to build that character strength, how would you approach it? Well, you would approach it many different ways, but people are not buying the approach. What they're buying is the outcome. That's what makes them open up their, their purse strings and their wallets. So we would create something that just makes sense for you. Like, for example, for one person who happens to have a dentist practice. So she does dentisting. (laughs) She, she does retreats. So mm-hmm. every season she'll have a different retreat at a beautiful destination that she literally wants to be vacationing at and that's how she's making multiple tens of thousands of dollars at a time so she can still do her favorite things her social causes and and work her dental practice but slowly move away from that job and get into you know full-time exclusive retreating so So far, it's working out fabulously for her. She saw some really fast results in working with me. Like, so I have this program called the 10K Trainer, and I thought it would take 12 months for people to really be flying on their own. And what I saw was that within four months, two of three of the people in there were able to create 10 to 35 thousand dollar scenarios, and they were, and the money came like on them by nice. four months really. yeah and the other one just had had surgeries and was not physically able to initiate yet but we're we're in the process of initiating together and we're at month six now so that we'll, sounds you know, amazing we're, we're working yeah so that's just one example
1: but but isn't um, it unfair for a dentist to be in the laughter business because you know they can give nitrous oxide and like um, you know they could yeah, be little, cheating
0: right little <laughs> shop of horrors. Come on now with Steve Martin.
2: <laughs> also, the more people smile, the more she can examine their teeth and be like, mm, you need yeah, some dentistry. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's just one of the exam, like one of the approaches that I would take. Another one is by simply by using some of the materials, card sets, games. The The most recent one is something called Silly Surveys, and it's just to help bring levity to a moment right to help build rapport essentially just to start out with and then to also help get to know each other better by using these build a little bit of humor into it it's part of the practice so when when people use that i call it the money it's the money series or the vibe and flow like it's the vibe and flow. so keep your vibe going keep the vibe flowing long after you have physically left the building things that you would leave behind So the way that you would use it would be different than how I would use it with my Mm -hmm. uh, humor clients. But the point is, I just teach all the ways how to use it. Then you just buy it and you would use it and you need to stay subscribed in order to keep using that and to keep getting new ones and new different things every single month. And it comes with training as well on how to how to further monetize at a five figure level or at least in the high fours or the mid fours honestly it's it's easier than you think and like even staying away from the corporate talk completely if you were to have an event if you were to host an event or yeah for example that's the the flip side of the coin is for you to hold it and then the other flip is to have someone else hold it for you I'd like to talk about both of those scenarios the first one where you're holding it for you for yourself you can you just don't hold the event until you know you're going to make ten thousand dollars right so you so you just sell those tickets at fees that are appropriate for the field of training training and consulting and once you have once you have sold enough tickets bam the event happens and it could be live or not right? It could also be something that is just going on where you create it up front and then it just rolls without you physically having to be there. And you just do physical checkups once in a while. And I don't mean like in person, I just mean, even on, on video chat or on zoom or something, or you can have someone else run an event for you. And you can say, Hey, look, this is what I bring to the table. You already do these kinds of events regularly. You already do like, I don't know, summits or whatever it is. And what I'm offering up here is to do like a half day summit with you, like for you, I'm looking to represent with you, partner with you. Let's together bring in a certain amount of people into this and I will start building some skills or, you know, I'll start making some magic happen here.
0: It sounds amazing. And, and one of the questions I have for you is how many It's a generic question, but how many of the people that you've started with have just not had confidence, you know, as part of the, the, the starting this whole idea for themselves? I mean, how much are you dealing with confidence or are you able to surpass that concept and move straight into fact?
2: Oh, Katie, that is the best question in the world. (laughs) A hundred percent have zero confidence or very little confidence, 100% are terrified AF. (laughs) Do you know how much courage it takes to even have a chat with me, to even get onto a Zoom chat with me? Like it takes so much courage because there's a lot of things happening because you're like, oh crap, I couldn't do it on my own. There's something wrong with me, which is of course not true. So all the self-talk, like there's a lot more self-talk items I could bring up that are common to everybody. I even have self-talk issues for myself with regard to doing this work that I'm doing by <laughs> by business coaching people. I'm just like, not. I, I have full faith in each one of you. That's not where my lack of confidence comes in. It has to do with me. Like, you know, can I, am I being smart about the use of my time? Am I going to burn out? Like, because I have to be very careful and protective just as much as you all do as well so just keeping that in check as well so the very first thing that i do when anyone is working with me in one of these in the, like if, for example in, in the 10k trainer program is we work on money blocks we work we we address that immediately what are you afraid of for making for making money or not making money anything to do money and i have these very specific exercises and workbooks that we go through immediately that's the very first thing we do yeah I mean, we don't get it. We don't jump into business stuff first, because you know what, let's address the elephant in the room. And that is fear. It is judgments about, you know, rich people and what, you know, like, what if I do get rich? Oh, shit, now I'll have to actually pay off my mortgage or I'll have to owe, like, I'll have to pay back my parents. I'll I'll have to take responsibility for all these you know, for the way that I'm living, like I'm not living up to par up the way that I would like to at my age. I know for me, one of my biggest judgments, and this is a moment of vulnerability, like I'm a PhD, and I could not find work for the life of me, I felt like a total loser. And so I had to look at taking my power back, and I created my own thing. Now, there was a lot of instability because I did not have a coach like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hired mentors, business mentors across, like along the way, like a client attraction person, like, you know, I have virtual assistants who do things for me right now as well. I still have coaches who, who I work with, but they're more now working with me on, on healing some of my deeper fears and things beyond. Cause like I am looking to build an, not an empire so much, but I'm looking to build, how do you say posterity, like mm-hmm. oh, a legacy, legacy. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking to build legacy here and I highly encourage. And so as I'm figuring out how to build legacy in my work, so, the, so that means my business model will look different. Then I, as soon as I learn something, I'm teaching it to others as appropriate. Like if it comes up, if it comes up, so I'm constantly upping myself because i'm just like because i I, because i can't be a loser i have to i have to be i have to know what i'm talking about and you know like that that thing that vicious cycle where the more the more you learn the more you realize you know nothing (laughs) yeah the more you know about something the more you realize you don't know about it that that's what happens to me as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is true because now what's what's happening is your what you value, what your philosophy of life is, your lifestyle of how you want to live life, you have this vision. So the next piece after addressing the the fears, And the judgments about money is we go straight into the vision now, the vision. What's the ultimate vision? And I'm like, there is no limit. Like, this is limitless because your job is not to figure out how it is simply to get very clear on the end. What's the end. And so Once people are very, very clear on that, now I work backwards and I'm like, now I know what kind of business model to help fit you with and what, and we'll do it in a way that makes your heart sing. Like some people assume that they have to show up virtually all the time and they hate that. They want in-person. Some people are like, they don't want in-person. They don't even want virtual. They want to hide and that's fine. So we find a business model that works for that. So that's where you would do something like an on-demand learning situation online somewhere. Some people don't want to do online. Like there's so many iterations, possibilities. There are thousands, thousands and thousands and my job is to fit you to fit to put together the business pieces that will make you elevate and feel great and move beyond your wildest dreams. Love it. All
1: right. Okay, Lynn, I want to make sure we get this information uh, on tape here. But how do people get in contact with you?
2: You can reach out to me by email. I think that's, it's the fastest way. I mean, I can give you my, my auto scheduler bit, but this is audio. So I think for, yeah, for
1: those within the sound of our voice, if you need to get in contact with Dr. Lynn Perot, this is what you should do.
2: You should email dr.lynperot at gmail.com. And that that's my personal private email. If, so I'm actually sharing like my own personal email for this particular broadcast. So that would be D-R dot L Y N N. P is in Peter E-R-R-E-A-U-L-T at Gmail.com. So doctor. Perot at gmail.com. Just rewind a little bit if you need to re, you know, re-listen. Right. Well, you know, yeah, the website as well. Like just go to the website. It's just that you might not know where to go. Because like I talked about two very specific things and they're hidden from the public. Girl. laughter
0: Laughterbusinessacademy.com. You got it. Okay. Awesome. And are you on social? You don't have to I name them social. all, but...
2: Yeah, Laughter Business Academy has a page on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Also, and my personal as well, just Lynn Perrault, the way that it's spelled in the email. I'm on Facebook and I do like relate my personal to some business things as well. It's more like my philosophy on life. So there's a lot of humor things or businessy things that you're like, what? I love it. (laughs) Yeah and I I'm personally on Insta as well so feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn personally Facebook and Instagram
0: fabulous and okay. Jim Bob Thursday
1: Yeah that's a question I ask all our guests here because you know there's a lot of information here
0: okay
1: and so so my my question for you is for the average person how can they use what they what you teach on Thursday I mean Just dealing with everyday hassles, whatnot. What should they remember? They say, oh, Dr. Lin said, what's your advice?
2: Well, I think it's more of an experience. So you will wake up on Thursday feeling excited about your work, uh, looking forward to looking at your PayPal account or your bank account, cha-ching, right? (laughs) There's money coming in you know, you're not going to feel overworked. You know that you can go for your walk, go play, go play your sport. You can hang out with your family and you don't have to be faced with a a work day of 12 hours trying to find daily gigs, right? You can literally relax and bring your, your time spent working down to a couple of hours a day, depending Mm -hmm. on the time of the year or the time of the month and of how you're programs are scheduled or how your work how you want to schedule your work you may even have a several weeks in a row where you can just chill and you know you can have an assistant do certain things for you or you don't even have to do it yourself freedom
1: well, happy, happiness is positive cash flow yes
0: yes okay. and how did you two
1: meet wow Funny story <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well you know, I, you know I've, I've got an only fans no no what what happened is... <laughs> What, ha- what happened was, once upon a time during the pandemic, I saw this, And am a little, you know, so as so I'm struggling to make my transition from retiree to therapeutic humor, humorist, okay, I saw, oh, here's a seminar being offered by a Dr. Len Perot. I said, this looks interesting, because I'd been through a lot of seminars, small business administration, SCORE, Service Corps of Retired Executives, a number of economic development ones okay but they're all pretty much worthless and was, so, and i was listening to the doctor. said, yeah this makes perfectly sense you know as far as a lot of ideas for what i could do on thursday as far as staying in contact with my you know staying in contact with my clients you know she's got templates so in terms of your your business correspondence if you want to know what a you know, inquiry letter looks like if you want to know what a follow-up letter looks like i think some of the paralysis that people have is due to i've never done this before right and so if you've and I'm sorry to be the old guy in the room, but here's what I found worked. When I asked somebody to write a procedure, okay, if they're writing it from scratch, it was miserable. Mm. If I gave them an example of a procedure, they said, oh, okay, they could take that and apply it to the, their needs. And boom. So, they just, so once we were, we were in the middle of... A, you know, a work process, a mania, and everybody's complaining about having to write a work process for everything. So said, okay, let's write a work process for making coffee. And mm. we'll post it in the break room. and It'll be up there and it had all the same, you know, same formatting and logos and, you know, little work process flow diagrams and whatnot. Okay. And then people would say, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it now. That's what we're trying to do. Okay. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I need to take this filter first and I need to have, the, you know, the water has to be, you know, taken from a certain tap in a certain way. And it was a lot of fun. It also made people realize kind of like the, the you know, the paradox of simplicity and complexity, and that, you know, to do it, you know, when you try to explain a simple thing, it can get really complex really quick. Okay. And, so other, and on the flip side of that, there are complex things that sometimes can be explained with a really simple thing, so... That's my that's my profound Zen for the day. That's all I've got. No. But then it, you've also done the you know, progress of uh, Olivia Voe, who's familiar with yes. AATH folks. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 And also, and you presented at the AATH conference in Mesa, Arizona.
2: I sure did. It was yeah. super got- fun. It was a oh, packed room. We had a great time. And if you wanted to have a recording of that talk, cause we had it, I had it video recorded. Then I, there's a spot on my website that I can send you to. You just need to email me and I'll send it to you. And then there's a workbook that goes along with it. So as you're listening, you can actually fill out a, a workbook related to it. And it's it is about how to make a pitch and keeping it super simple and just how to talk about your work as having massive impact as opposed to the method that you're going to be using and how that monetizes. So, and then Love how it. each one yeah and how each one of the things that I talked about applies to you specifically, which is therefore the workbook.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Lynn, if you had five or ten minutes, depending on your choice of that, to say whatever you want to say about your amazing coaching and business, what would it be?
2: The first thing that comes to mind When I think of laughter business academy and the people I work with is that. I feel such, such warmth and positive intention for, for everyone that